This is Becoming Braverman. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung. And may you stay forever young. May you grow up to be righteous. May you grow up to be true. May you always know the truth. See the light surrounding you. May you always be courageous. Stand upright and be strong. And may you stay forever young. May you stay forever young. Yeah! Woo! Oh, hi, Doug. Hello. Welcome back, Douglas Shalmoser. It's good my to husband. be back. I took three weeks off because I was on my honeymoon with my wife. Me. And then I was sick yeah. for episode seven. We heard you a little bit in episode seven, but not really. Yeah, I was here. I just wasn't on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But thank you to Ethan Branzell for stepping in. Yeah, he's not the same. He's not the same kind of fan that we are, but he still had some legitimate unique, things to say. Unique insights. Unique New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. Say that twelve times fast. I don't think that's good content. Speaking of content, you have 30 seconds to review the content of this episode. Okay, tell me when to go. Starting now. Okay, so Zeke and Adam go to see an investment property, but it turns out Zeke already bought it, and it's he's in the real shitter. Spoiler over. alert. Um, Amber and Damien have this thing, and Sarah and Amber have this power struggle. Uh, Crosby gets invited to Jabbar's uh, birthday party, which is weird because he's the dad, so he wants to be planning the birthday party. Um, Sydney turns out is gifted, although there was a little moment there where we were scared. We thought she might be autistic. Oh no. But then Christina was secretly happy that maybe there would be another autistic family member. That's it. Yeah. So where do you want to... This is the the first episode I didn't write anything for Adam. This was not an Adam-centric episode. He was in it though. He He had a lot of screen time. He was definitely in it, but he was... I feel like this was maybe... The first, maybe the one of the first episodes where it's there's some equal time given to like three or four different storylines, or maybe actually this is a big episode for Crosby. Yeah, it's probably the biggest episode for Crosby so it, far. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we want to do that right now, but I know like let's do that it, tomorrow. When it comes to structuring like my thoughts about the episode, the biggest moment for me definitely involved Crosby and Jasmine. Um, but there was also some other still... Sarah Amber stuff. There were some big storylines, but it was like everybody got equal screen time, it seemed like. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't all about Adam. It wasn't all about Max having autism, although let's, it was let's start, still part of it. Let's start with that. Max let's, and autism? Not Max, but Sydney oh, and yeah. autism. Mm-hmm. So let's start. <laughs> what do you want to say? Oh, um... Did I even write anything down? Oh, so um, I wrote down Christina like like uh, that. Sydney maybe has autism because right. Julia goes to Christina and wants to get information on how she saw that Max might have had a problem or might have had some kind of uh, developmental thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christina later that night talks to Adam and says like she she almost felt like relieved. Or, you know, she's... Happy. Joy. Yeah, happy that uh, there's somebody else in the family that could have the same um, issue. 
with one yeah. of their kids. I have two things to say about that. One, that's part of why I love Christina is that she's very self-aware that she and she wasn't just like she wasn't unaware of the fact that she was kind of taking pleasure in the fact that somebody else might have the same difficulties that she has. She's self-aware so, but selfish also. Well, yeah, but she's self-aware about herself. So she she was it, there was a whole conversation about her telling Adam, "I think I'm a horrible person because when Julia told me this, there was I actually felt relief." But then there's also the old adage of misery loves company. Well, yeah. Not to say that, you know, I think Adam and Christina are learning that there are not just, it's not just miserable having an autistic kid. There's also gifts along with the two. And that's what Dr. Pelican is helping them to see. Like autism is not a, a, a sentence of doom for the rest of your life. There's gifts that come along with it. But obviously as parents of the autistic child, there's, there's hardships struggle, too. Yeah. And so Adam and Christina had this very open conversation about how, wow, wouldn't it be nice and like almost fair and wonderful even. If well, if I was in her situation, I would honestly feel 100% the same way. Because oh, yeah. uh, like you said, misery love, loves company. Just having somebody else go through it that's mm-hmm. somewhat close to you would, would make it a lot easier. Because then you have a connection, you have somebody to talk to. Because it's, you, you it's not like a, a, a very common thing. Like most kids don't have autism. And so... Yeah, I mean it's... It's yeah, becoming more common. We're not I feel doctors. Like now. We don't know about the statistics, but yeah. But just having that commonality just you know makes it a lot easier for people to deal with. Yeah, I mean, just to even just loop it back to our own life, we both recently quit our careers, and I know <sighs> for me, I was the first one to to literally do it. But you had already been thinking about it while I was thinking about mine, and now that we're both going through that together, I feel like. I know I've helped. I, I wasn't really seriously considering it until after you did it. Right. So I feel like I've helped you do it. Become unemployed. Become unemployed for better or for worse. But I also feel like it's become a bonding thing for us where we can help because it's still a lot to process. Neither of us are going to those jobs anymore. But it's still something that I think about. Not every day. I'm not like, ooh, what would I be doing right now if I was still a teacher? But I do think about it, especially this time of year, we're at the beginning of January. So typically, I've spent the last seven years, this time of year is like me gearing up for Oh, you season. were the worst this time of year. Yeah, I was like super neurotic and high-strung oh, and worst. not sleeping well. But not, and, that, and now not having that is also an interesting experiment in my life. Um, but and I, now I we do like, this sorry. podcast full-time and we make so much money. <laughs> That it was the best decision to quit our jobs. Yeah. Um, anyway, no, I feel, yeah, I feel like just having someone else go through the same thing, whether it's having a kid with autism or quitting your career. Oh, so right now you feel a commonality that we both quit. Yeah. And it's it's good. You feel happy because of it because oh, somebody yeah. else quit. Yeah, it's not, I don't feel like the wacko, bizarro person because you did it too. Because it's not the same as... You know, I know we don't always, we don't usually talk about our life too much on this podcast, but it's not the same as just quitting a job. Like we both quit our careers, you know, like yeah. the things that we thought were going to bring us fulfillment, and we're going to. It's like, especially for me. Well, my, I never thought I was going to bring. Well, me yeah, fulfillment. you're different, but for me, my career was a big part of my identity too. So it's still a process of figuring out like who am I without this, and still be like my the job I work at now. I'm still around educators not in the public school sense but the people who run the clinic are also educators so i'm still i'm, I'm like learning how you're basically teaching, a doctor i'm not a doctor at all i'm learning how like teaching is so something outside of just the 
public school sphere. The classroom, typical, yeah. Anyway. um, I think seeing somebody do something and seeing like a path already taken allows yourself to to do the same thing because, I don't know, it's just seeing somebody else doing it Mm -hmm. just makes it uh, easier and makes it like, oh, it's okay, this person already did it. Well, yeah, that's the whole... That's They didn't die from it. That's why it's so important to think about like what we all see on a daily basis, especially what <coughs> children see, especially what uh, female children see or what children of color see. Because like if you don't see people who look like you Making doing it. those things, you don't think it's possible for yourself. True. It, or you, you do, but it requires a whole lot of imagination. And, you know, sometimes what we need more than just imagination is like actually seeing people that look like us or whatever that are just similar to us in some way doing it you know like those girls you know um, girls and boys alike seeing the u.s women's soccer team you know be badasses and stuff like that and just barack obama being president and all that and like even just teachers see having teachers that um look like you or similar to you have similar backgrounds to you and see like oh that you know, I could become a teacher or whatever. Not you know. Not I think the real magic is are, are those pioneers that do it first yeah. before anybody has carved that path. Because then they get to be the person that we all look to. Yeah, and that's that's a hard leap because they have nobody to follow. They're they're taking right. they're making the path. And everyone is looking at them, being like, "Who are you to do this? Who are you to think that you deserve this?" Those path are the real life? pioneers. You the real MVP. Anyways. So, so yeah, but it turns out that Sydney is actually not autistic. She's actually just gifted. And so her behavior problems with the rubber band ball and like causing disruption in class were just probably due to her being bored in class, which let's be clear. Max is also gifted, but he also happens to be autistic. So it's just a different filter than Sydney. And so they eventually Julia tells Christina and it turns out Yeah, in the beginning she Julia had a chance to tell Christina but she couldn't do it because she thought it would kind of break Christina's heart. Right, Christina was being so nice about supporting her through her possible autism journey. Yeah, so the first time she neglected to tell her and then the next time she told her and she took it well. She seemed genuinely happy. Well, Christina's great. Yeah. Period. End of sentence. Yeah. Have you seen her in Con Air? No, I haven't. You've told me that before. You're like she doesn't play a big role. Con Air, yeah. But I remember her at the end of Con Air, and uh, they played like a very sad love song, mm-hmm. and Nicolas Cage hugs her. Yeah. And she was crying. I remember mm-hmm. that. She's a great actress. Yeah, she creates a lot of emotion. I'm about to listen to her episode of Armchair Expert because Dak Shepard had. Her. She's on there. Yeah, they did. He he did one with. He's the one with Craig T. Nelson. He's the one with Lauren Graham. I think he did. He did one with Mae Whitman too. Um, and he, I just listened to the one he did with Peter Krause, which he did live in Detroit. Krause. I think, I think he did another. I think the one he did with Monica Potter is also a live one. I'm catching up. I'm kind of behind on that podcast. But I think we should reach I don't out. I listen to all of to the some ones. of the actors and try to get them on the podcast. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. Because this, this time of year, people visit Florida, so probably one of... Is this a business of... meeting that we're recording right now? <coughs> this is life. Yeah. This is us. Wrong show. Oops. Let's get back to talking about the episode. Okay, so, so we did a, that one. What do you want to jump to next? We talked let's talk about, about Let's talk about Amber and Damien. Oh, yeah. So we had the scene early on in the show where Sarah goes into the bathroom when Amber's taking a shower. Mm-hmm. And Amber's like, no, 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 don't come in here. And Sarah just wants to brush her teeth, and she can't find the toothpaste. 
So she's like, oh, do you have the toothpaste in the shower? And she opens up the curtain and there's Damien mm-hmm. with his naked Very body. Very disturbing. Sarah's like, get out of the shower. But no, not right now because you're naked. And then Zeke comes in after Damien runs out of the house. And he's like, who's this hooligan that just ran out of my house? And it's yeah, so Damien... big thing. And then Amber... Um, is very upset because it's all so dramatic and she's so sensitive. And then Sarah goes into this whole thing about, I know you're still mad at me. She tries to make it right between her and Amber about what happened with her and Mr. Sear, which is a little too late. I feel like she should have done that last episode. Well, you, we you, you can tell when Sarah says, oh, I'm sorry about Mr. Sear and, and everything. And then Amber's like, no, no, that's fine. It's, that's not what it's about. It's, but you can 100% it's definitely tell what it's about. that's what it's about. And, and that's the thing is that Amber doesn't want... She cries as she's saying it. That's not what it's about. Yeah. Amber doesn't want it, want that to be what it's about, but it's clearly what that's about. If if uh, if if Sarah hadn't told her about her and Mr. Sear going on a date and possibly starting a relationship, Amber wouldn't have called Damien in Fresno and had him come down and see her in the San Francisco, Berkeley area. That wouldn't have happened. But Amber is so caught in the clutches of the mistakes her mom has made and the life that she is now living that she doesn't want it to be about her mom, but it is about her mom. And so when Sarah apologizes, like say, like, and Sarah, it's a great apology. Um, it's just, I mean, as far as apology one-on-one goes, like she's very clear about, she's not like, I'm sorry I made you feel bad. It's like, I'm sorry I went out with your teacher. I'm sorry I did that. But Amber, it's not received well by Amber because Amber's like, doesn't want it to be about her. So she claims like, it's not about you, mom. Not everything is about you. So she turns the apology on Sarah as being like, basically accusing her of being selfish by apologizing. So that doesn't really work out at all. You know, if you think about it, I mean, you know, she's right to be mad because that's Amber's teacher. But what's going to happen? Like, Amber, unrealistically, she's going to, like, get together with Mark Sear. Right. I don't... Who's much older. Yeah. She's underage. So, Amber has a crush on her, his, her teacher, clearly. Yeah. That's clearly... But clearly, like, nothing's going to happen between them. I don't think that... Them. Yeah. And I don't think that... I could be wrong, I think she but just I, sees wait, her mom as ruining it. Right. Here's the thing. Is that I don't think that Amber is deluded and she's not entertaining any kind of fantasies that her and Mr. Steer are going to get together. It's just the fact that her mom wants to date her teacher her mom is bad enough. Is gonna ruin, her mom is going to ruin like the good thing that she has with Mark Sear, even if it's not even if it's a relationship. Even if it's just a teacher-student relationship. Yeah. yeah it's going to make it awkward by, oh, now you're not just my teacher who cares about me. You're my mom's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it would have been bad enough if she didn't even have a crush on Mr. Sear. Just, it's bad enough having your mom date your teacher. I can only imagine, because that was never a possibility in my life, but I can only imagine how weird that would be, and then doubly weird. What? I wouldn't have a problem with it. Okay, well, I I think I would have a problem with it, because I would also just be it, dealing, it, it, I would be just dealing with the fact teacher, that my though. parents aren't even together anymore. That would be a huge thing for yeah, me. Yeah, well, that's a different issue. Um, but It depends on like how close the student was to the teacher. And that's what makes it worse, is that Amber and Mr. Sear have a Well, let's be honest. He was crossing the line also. I feel like he shouldn't have he, been doing one-on-one tutoring. One-on-one tutoring after school and, and making her the voice recording for the SAT prep. That's, it's a lot. You shouldn't do that. And uh, you have to ask, would he have done this if he didn't? have feelings for Amber's mother. That's the thing, is that I think that's also what makes it inappropriate, is that, yeah, he can claim that he 
admires Amber's grit and tenacity and thinks she's a bright student. But would he be going above and beyond like this as a teacher if he wasn't also trying to get in Sarah's pants? What are the examples of, of grit and tenacity that Amber displayed in the classroom that, so far? Well, that's that's your whole thing <laughs> is that you don't uh, you're you're like why would he, they people even say that? But here's as a TV show, you have to imagine that she moved. Is that what it is? No. Let me finish the sentence. You have to imagine that there are things that go on in the TV show that we, the viewers, don't see because they're creating this world. So you have to imagine Mr. Sear sees Amber in class all the time. We don't have any TV footage of that, but we have to imagine that there are things she's doing in the classroom that are making him think that. Yeah, we don't have the proof of it, but we have to imagine that in that world of parenthood, that it's happening on I'm some I'm trying level. to imagine what she would do. Is she just taking think, on extra credit and writing papers? I think that the paper that she wrote, the one that she actually wrote, not Plagiarized? the one that she copied. No, the one that she actually wrote. He said it was okay. Uh, yeah, but then also I think he said that she's one of my most engaged students, so maybe she's just participating in discussion in class and stuff like that. You know, just... Yeah, that's grit. Okay, that's <laughs> my own word choice, and maybe that was the wrong word oh, choice. Okay. You don't have to be... You have to be disparaging. Of hey, Amber's take it. Would you take it easy? Just because I use the word grit and tenacity, because I I just picked those words. Anyways, I like uh, when uh, Zeke was talking to Damien in the van. He's like, "Oh no, this was before then." Um, he called, he was like, "Damien, the demon seed." Yeah. <laughs> Damien, the demon seed. Damien, the demon seed. And then yeah, he. I like how um, how Damien tries to like get the upper hand by being like very clear about who he is as a person to Zeke. He's like, I consider myself a student of philosophy. Wait, yeah. I mean no harm to anyone. And then Zeke is like, I'm a I'm a an intol I'm, I'm oh, an I wrote ir- it down. I'm an irrational hard ass with a rage issue. So, yeah. so he's like, Yeah, you're not getting anywhere with me by being like clear about who you are. It's weird because like Damien, I think like some of the stuff he says is like legitimate. I'm really good. Yeah. It's like legitimate, but it's just his character when he says it. It's just like you're just a loser. Like, yeah, you're just a loser. Well, that's the thing is that if he was saying those things and actually, like he doesn't believe it when he's saying it almost. Well, here's the thing is that, and I I want to tread carefully because the whole quote unquote doing something worthwhile with your life can be so many different things. But like, yeah, if he was saying these things to Amber about like how your grades don't matter and he was actually doing something cool with his life. Then it would make sense, but he's just driving around. Clearly, he's doing nothing. He's in doing Fresno the. He's doing the van life. <laughs> he's, do, he's doing the van life, but like by himself. That's what we want to do. But he actually has an apartment in Fresno. We know that because, but but like he's if, making it. If Amber can call him up out of nowhere, because they're not like still seeing each other. This was she was triggered by his her mom's stuff with Mr. Sear, and so she calls him up and is like, "Can you come visit me in Berkeley?" Clearly, he's not doing anything worthwhile if he can just be like, sure, baby, and like jump in the van and but jump off. It, but at the same o- time, it's okay. isn't that an okay life to lead to be able to drop everything I think it's for great. a girl? I think yeah. it's great. Whatever he's doing, he can just go right. to a different That's city for admirable. days at a time. I like that. I like that part. But then, yeah, The real you know, hero is Damien of the show. Damien, you're the real <laughs> MVP. But yeah, let's, let's talk about this more because here's the thing is that... Um, yeah, he's clearly painted as the villain because he's taking Amber's innocence and blah, 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 and, like, in the shower, and that's not appropriate in the grandfather's <coughs> house or whatever. But, yeah, then he does... I think that what he said about, like, you're not going to care about whether you got a C or an A 
that part is good. But when it takes a left turn is when he becomes a conspiracy theorist and is like, the world's going the world's down. ending. We don't know when. It could be tomorrow. It could be in 10 years. But he's basically, he's using impermanence as an excuse to not do anything. Do anything. That's yeah. the thing. Is that, And again, doing something, you know, I'm not saying we have to rush around being productive and all that stuff, but he's using it as an excuse to just be kind of a sloth in his life and just be like, yeah, whatever, the electrical grid's going to come down, so who cares if you get a D or a C or an F or an A? Your grades won't matter. But then what really gets Amber is that he doesn't know how to say marauders. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, what changes her mind. He realized, She realizes he's a dummy. He's just a dummy. Yeah, he's just spouting. He's a student of philosophy, quote-unquote. So he's just spouting things that like he read somewhere. Meanwhile, just not really doing anything with your life, which, again... Could be the right choice for some people, whatever, but like, still, like, yeah, like, Amber, I think, sees a kind of complacency in him and a, a, and a, a bypassing of real life by, like, being like, well, something terrible is going to happen, so I'm not going to take any risks or put myself out there at all. And Amber sees, like, that's not the life I want for myself. I might not be the most successful, I might not be Hattie in high school yeah, but I feel like and being super successful, but I think she wants something for I, her life, you know? But I think he's doing something. Like, he, if he has an apartment, he's got a he van. He must be doing something. He's got, so he's got some income. Right. So but he doesn't know he, how to say marauders, so that Amber's like, you're not Yeah, I know, me. but maybe he is following his dream, and yeah. it's just... There should be a maybe whole spinoff about Damien. Like, Damien, like the Parenthood spinoff. Where's Damien now? Yeah. I wonder where Damien... Yeah, where's Damien now? We should get Damien on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't have him as an actor. We don't follow him on Instagram. We should look, make a note of that, producer. Look up Damien. So, yeah, hey, I, Katie, I also... Katie, make a note of that. Katie, can you look up what that Damien actor's real life, real name is? And What see? I also want to say about this is, so, if Amber is telling the truth, she says she's in love with Damien. Oh, she's not. I know, but, like, if she's saying that that's what it is like i can't tell like whether it's true or not off the surface i would say she's just acting out because acting of the whole mark sear thing to be, but yeah. sarah just dis- dismisses it as a mistake like like sarah made the mistake with mm-hmm. her ex-husband which is very hurtful to amber it's, it's a bad thing to say because what if she is in love like you don't know for sure yeah. and you're just dismissing it um and then later on in the episode, Sarah changes because she realized she can't control Amber. And she says, I think I'll just trust you. Yeah. And then they hug. And, you know, maybe that's the start of a better relationship between those two. Because, you know, Sarah's always trying to um, make Amber do things that she doesn't right. necessarily want to do. Which it's is just... exactly what happened with Sarah and Seth. Her parents didn't like Seth, but she claimed to be in love with Seth, and so then she abandoned her family for that, and she doesn't want Amber to completely shut her out. And so, and you see immediately the effects of Sarah going, I, th- I got shivers right now. When Sarah decides, it's already a, a I think I'm going to, I'm going to just try to get along with you and trust you. Immediately, Amber is more open with her. Amber says, I'm going to go, keep, I'm going to go meet Damien. And, and as a mother, as I would rather... Even if, even if, Billy! okay, even if my child was doing something that I absolutely hated, which Sarah part. clearly doesn't, Sarah clearly doesn't want Amber to spend time with Damien. But even if my child was doing something like that, I would much prefer them be open with me about it than be sneaking around behind my back. Of course. Because at least that way, I mean, honesty is always the best policy. So it's like 
it immediately, like you said, the relationship immediately gets better just by Sarah saying, I'm going to try to trust you. Amber doesn't immediately be like, oh, okay, mom, I'm just going to stay home and eat cake and spend time with the family. But she does become more honest with her mother. And that's a step in the right direction by just being open with, hey, I'm going to go do this thing that you don't want me to do, but I'm going to tell you about it. I feel safe enough with you to tell you that I'm doing it. I'm going to go meet up with Damien. He's picking me up. We're going to go look at the stars together. Yeah, what this brings to mind is, um, you know, Sarah did did this already. Yeah. Went through this whole thing with a bad guy, and now Amber's doing it. And it's like, even though Sarah's warning Amber, she has to make the mistake herself, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think we all can relate to that. We all, you know, people could tell us what to do, and we're just not going to listen, even though it's probably the right thing to do. We don't listen because we need to... You have to learn the hard way. We need to fail As so that we know... So what that what that is gotta learn the hard way Who's shout that? out to dc talk it's a christian rapper let's keep it that way to... oh my god damn it um i didn't actually tell you who it was i was like just shout out to you anyway <coughs> um yeah and like sarah even says why do you insist on making the same mistakes you made because she's hoping that amber won't make the same mistakes she made but then amber is like when you say that it makes me feel like my whole existence is a mistake because if sarah hadn't gone off with seth and had she that like have been born. Drew and Amber wouldn't have it wouldn't exist. And Speaking so, of Drew, we haven't seen we him haven't in seen like Drew. two Let's episodes. Let's not speak of Drew. Um, so yeah, I think that yeah, Sarah needs to be more careful with how she frames the narrative of her life, and yeah, like let uh, Amber make the mistakes, which leads me while we're still on this Sarah Amber thing, I think that Sarah and I think Millie has a real nice moment uh, with Sarah. With, with Sarah? Yeah, out in the oh. they're out in the yard. And, and Sarah is like, I don't know what to do. Amber just left the house and just told... This was before Amber... This was to back up and give you some context. This was before Amber and Sarah have this conversation about, I'm just going to trust you. So this is before that. This is still when Sarah's like, what the fuck do I do with my daughter who's just now um, oh, like just defying me openly, like going to see Damien. Um, and... Um, like Sarah's like, I just feel like she just hates me so much and it's so hard because I love her so much. And Millie says, um, daughters hate their mothers. It's a law of nature, but then they come back. Because Millie has lived through this with Sarah. Again, like we've already said, infinity upon affinity. Millie's already had Sarah. Millie's already tried to get Sarah from going down that road with Seth. Sarah completely shut her parents out of her life so millie experienced all the different range of emotions and now she's like but and now sarah's literally back and then she has this really nice moment where she's like uh sarah you're my best one well maybe not my best one but you're the one that i identify with most i don't believe that um i think millie's just telling that to her to make her feel better i don't think millie's anything like sarah in her life at all Okay. She, she she never took can all you, these risks. But can you right? But can you identify with someone and still not be like them? Because you no. are you're identifying with what you wish you would have done. Maybe like it's like a, I identify with you because I see you being brave in ways that I wasn't brave. That's how I saw it. So what does that mean? Identify with you. I identify with you. I see things in you that I wish I had, or something like that. That means like, nothing then. Okay, you never well, did any of it. Even. Even still... She's just saying that to make her feel better. Okay, but it works. And I think that's of what course mom, it works. moms are supposed to do yeah. that. But then I think the real... Next episode, she's going to say that to Crosby. The real kicker is when she says, you have to honor the person you are. Because we both know we're not huge fans of Sarah. Sarah is full of flaws. and She doesn't always make the best choices. But I feel like the first step towards any type of change, because it's hard to just 
change how you are and how you function, the first step towards change is first accepting who you really are and even going to the next step and honoring who you are. And I think that's a really important thing that Millie tells Sarah. You have to honor who you are. And like then you can make different choices and you can make changes, but you have to start with accepting who you are. Yeah, I was thinking too, like Sarah's 38 years old, right? Yeah. Right mm-hmm. now in the season. It's like, you know, she, I think she wants to change and some people want her to change and get her shit together. But she's like 38, she's like 40, right? This is, this is the person that she is. This yeah. is the person she is. And it's like you were talking about with impermanence. It's almost like, like it's you don't have like that many more years. if you're Like if you're 40, you got like 30 years. Mm-hmm. So that's less than half your life. You know, are you really going to change who you who you are already? Like you're already defined by the first forty years. Are you really going to change significantly? And why should you? Like you're going to die anyways. It yeah. doesn't matter if you changed in, yeah. in in another thirty years. I yeah, I can't speak for Sarah. Obviously, I know for me, when it comes to my own personal development, what what I want to change is just sometimes like how I react to things in the moment. I don't necessarily want to change the essence of who I am. I want to change how I interact with the world and with other people, which I think you can do pretty easily by installing techniques like, you know, just breathing or counting to 10 or just like oh, yeah, I believe being, you can change. being less defensive in certain ways. So I think, yeah, I think that you can do that. Am I going to change who I am at the core? No, but I can change how I function, basically. Yeah, I think you could change almost anything in your life. like If like- you really want to. Literally in the next second you can do it if you really decide in your brain, but you have to really believe it in your head Which is easier said than done. Well, yeah, it takes a long time most people can't change in a second. It Mm -hmm. takes years to fundamentally change Right another thing. I think we'll close up the Damien and Amber and Sarah scenario thing, but I think the last thing I my own thoughts is that Damien I think what Sarah realizes too, and what that's what ultimately leads her to say, like, I'm just going to try to get along with you and trust you. <coughs> this whole Damien thing is going to happen regardless of what Sarah does. And so the, the best thing to do, sometimes you just have to lay down your weapons and just be like, okay. And luckily it turns out... As soon as she does that, Damien's gone. It turns out, okay, Amber realizes on her own. She claims... It had nothing to do with you, Mom, but I told Damien to go back to Fresno, and I hope you're happy. Like, she still is playing the part of the defiant teenage daughter, but she made the right choice for herself because Sarah stopped insisting that she make it for her. Closed. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Well, you mentioned Millie, so let's go to Millie, but backtrack a little bit. So Zeke and Adam, uh, well, you you talked about it in the synopsis. Zeke wants to show Adam a property. And so they drive out, they do an overnight trip, and it's a property that Zeke bought as an investment. And then, you know, this, this show, the season's in 2011 now? No, 2010 still. Or 2008. It's a great question. Katie, Anyways, can you look that up for us? I think it's Katie, def- look that up while we're talking, It's between 2008 and 2011 because it talks about the economic Yeah, so, so it, was, it was the, was it the recession? Yeah. The recession. The housing market crash and everything. Yeah, so they were part of it, and that's why Zeke uh, is trying to offload this property to Adam. Yeah, it turns out he actually had already bought it. Yeah, so so he owns it, and mm-hmm. uh, construction stopped on it. It's still being built, and he wants Adam and his company to, to open up another location for a, a shoe warehouse. Right, like a factory. Factory for, yeah, for shoes. Yeah, manufacturing factory. Um, so, he, you know, Zeke 
took a second mortgage out on his house in order to to pay for that property because he thought it really he really thought it was going to bring some money in mm -hmm. and so he's trying to get adam to to help him out here he's like you're, you're my firstborn and I'm, I'm i'm always give the one giving to you and that's how it should be but he needs help this time yeah which is hard for zeke to do and then well, adam says he's going to tell his company about this deal as long as you tell millie tell tell your wife about you what, gotta, what kind of situation we're in Mm-hmm. And then, then uh, Zeke goes home and talks to Millie, and uh, then they have that whole story about when they were at the Grand Canyon, who vomited on who. Yeah. And Zeke thought uh, it was Crosby or Adam that vomited right. on Zeke. But on Millie. No, no. Zeke thought it was on him. No, Zeke said it was from, on Millie the whole time. That's definitely oh, true. I don't know. You might want to re-watch that. Katie, check on that first. Okay, check on that while we're talking, Katie. It's definitely... He, when he was first talking to Adam... In the, hey, remember when you vomited in Mom's hair? Like, it was always about... Millie. Anyways, but then Millie uh, tells the story about how it was, it was actually an awful experience for her. Because mm -hmm. she had to go to the nasty bathroom and clean the and vomit out of her Julia hair. it was Julia that threw and up It was Julia, her. so Zeke doesn't remember it because he was too busy laughing and having a good time. And that was his chance to tell Millie about the financial situation, but he doesn't mm -hmm. because uh, I think he wants to protect her. Right. And um, so then what's not shown in this episode, and I don't think is shown in, in any of the future episodes, is this storyline, I think, drops completely. Yeah, there's no... We, we like after, I'm pretty sure after this, there's no more of it. Right. We'll, we'll wait to talk about it because we don't want to talk oh, about okay. future episodes. But yeah what we were remembering was oh i think this never got resolved but um so yeah so so there's a chance that they could lose the house right and it's a big the house is like even the house early, is another character even yeah even this early on in the season it's very clear that the house is a whole other character basically so it's a big deal but yeah i kind of i took note of that um how marriage is so different for adam than it is for zeke it's like a generational thing where zeke he, he's not telling his wife about these financial things, not in a malicious way, but in a way like, well, I'm the man of the house. I'm supposed to take care of those things. She's done. She does all this other labor, emotional labor. Take, she raised the kids and she does, you know, she cooks meals and she does like the typical gender roles. And so Zeke feels like his responsibility is to take care of the money and to not let Millie know about that. And that's not... I'm not going to even try to say that that's wrong or right because that's just how it is. That's how it was for them. It's a different time for them. While Adam, just a generation later, like he would never dream of not telling Christina about what was happening financially. Like they're they're just seen as more like open equal. Yeah, like maybe not even equals the right word. Just open about everything. And Christina still definitely has. <coughs> they have set roles as far as Christina is a stay-at-home mom at this point. She's in charge of doing that day-to-day -day stuff while Adam goes to work. But Adam would never dream of like shutting her out of that financial stuff. So well, yeah, it's just it, interesting to note. I don't have but, any... But even today's generation, there's some couples that they like it that way, where one person <clears throat> takes care of the finances, the other person does like something else. Yeah. And that's okay. Some people just don't want to hear about any of the finances. They, you, you take care of the money, you pay for the house. And sometimes I'll it's take care the of everything wife else. who's doing like the pay. Because I know growing up, my dad was the one who went to work every day, obviously. But my mom would always be... Pay, she'd be paying the bills and right. He probably didn't want to look stuff. at it. He just wanted he, to make yeah. the money, and then she took care of how he spent right. it. So, and but that happens in today's generation too. I think it's uh, less likely to happen, but it still happens. Yeah, I think it's just it was just interesting to note 
the insistence that Adam had about I do the money here. I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you yeah, you pay all the credit cards. I have no all, job. All those credit cards are in your name that you pay off every month. <coughs> but um but yeah, like I just thought it was interesting to note how, you know, Adam was so insistent, like, yeah, I'll talk to my company about possibly buying this, but you gotta tell mom what's going on. And I just wonder where that came from because it didn't come from Zeke clearly because Zeke's the one not telling Camille about it but Adam is so insistent upon it I guess just well we could talk about like the feminization of today's generation that could be part of it like if you were going to look at Zeke and Adam right they're they're different Adam is still a man's man he's a man's man but if you if you were to say who's more feminine or less feminine you could easily differentiate between the two yeah, I don't know where Do you you're... agree with that? Yeah, but I just don't know where you're going with that. I think that's part point. of it. Uh, well, I think I gotta be careful with what I say. Here. Well, you, just be care- <laughs> just be careful to say to not say feminization like it's a bad thing. I'm not. I never. I'm just the saying, context I said is not a bad thing. I'm just yeah. I'm just saying. I'm saying Adam is more feminine that. than than uh, Zeke, and I think like, so that that maybe lends to him. Well, like a, a more masculine role is, is a, not necessarily like. Talking about your problems, and that's why Zeke probably doesn't do it. No, talking specifically talking to your wife about your. Problems. He doesn't talk about to, to anybody. He only opened up to Adam because he needed his help. Because it's a big problem. Yeah, it's he's a dire. Situation. That's the only reason he let him know. He's the right. only one that knows. So it's a, there's a lot of different factors that go into this whole, you know, Zeke not telling Millie about this. Which... I think we're more feminine as a culture in this generation, but it's not. A, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Right. Feminine meaning just like more open about the internal life. Well, less masculine is what I'm saying. We are. All right, I'm just asking you to put qualities about what it, what is fe- feminine. I just isn't told just you the one with uh, talk- like, yeah, like just dealing with the problems. Yeah, yourself. being more open about your internal life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, so the last storyline is is Crosby, Jasmine, Jabbar. Right. Woof. Woo-wee! Yeah, that's that's the big moment. The big moment of the show is, well, it's like a two-parter kind of first. Okay, so they're throwing a birthday party for Jabbar. Yeah. And Crosby and Jasmine go shopping at the party store, and they're deciding on what theme to make the party. Mm-hmm. And Crosby's saying all these themes, but Jasmine already did it with Jabbar right. over Crosby the past And Crosby doesn't know because he hasn't been around. Crosby wasn't there. And so we find out that only uh, Jasmine's family is invited to the birthday party, not the Bravermans. Yeah, just Crosby, Braverman, and Crosby, nobody else. Crosby yeah. has a, a problem with it, and he should have a problem with it. That's yeah. very unfair. And then we learn that Jasmine's been talking shit to her family about Crosby, about how he wasn't there, and he chose not to be there, and he knew about Jabbar the whole time, but he chose over the last five years not to, not be, to there. be there. Yeah. I don't know. You're overstating it a little bit. I don't think that she's. She even said she she hasn't been actively talking shit. She just she told Crosby, my father abandoned us, and so when you weren't around, my family just assumed that you had been, and I let them think that, which is just as bad. I'm not defending Jasmine. She told them that. I'm just saying, yes, yeah, she she lied to them about Crosby, you know, not knowing about Jabbar, and let them assume all of the worst things she definitely let them assume worse things than she possibly said out loud 
but she let them do that. She let them think that he was a dirtbag. That's a not horrible a thing, and she and she's still it's a horrible thing up to his and what sixth birthday. Up until yeah, up until the is moment. Still leaving that. So the birthday party happens. The Bravermans are allowed. to Well, let's come. go before that though, because I have a note here. Okay. So Jasmine and Crosby were arguing as they were putting up the the party stuff. Yeah. And um, you know, they were talking about. How like it wasn't fair for Crosby to to just be brought in, you know, five years in, like he didn't have a chance to to. He's like, all I see is photos, and that's all I'm ever gonna get. Right, and so they were talking about how Jasmine called Crosby like three three times, two, three, or four times, and then Crosby was like, "You didn't even leave a voicemail. How would I know?" And I, I think it's uh, unfair. It, it really is unfair. She's actually trying to justify it. Like, I try reaching out to you. I don't call people back if they don't leave me a voicemail. I yeah, don't either. You leave I don't me a either. voicemail. Or like, send me a Especially text. if it's something important. Like Especially you, if it's somebody I just had a one-night stand with. Right, so you really didn't try if you just... Okay, so you dial a phone number and hit yeah. send. Send a text message. You did that three it's times. It's really important that, that, that we speak. That was you trying to reach out right. to me? That's not... You, you really didn't care enough if you wanted the father to be in the picture at all. Yeah. So he didn't. She didn't even give him a chance, and she's actually trying to justify like, "Oh, well, I tried." No, you didn't. You didn't really give it a good shot. Mm-hmm. And not only did she not give it a good shot, but she let her family think the worst of Crosby. And yeah, while Crosby might not have been the most reliable, responsible person five years ago or even today, he's the father. He still deserves a chance to know about the existence of the son and then decide what he's going to do about it. And instead, Jasmine's just assuming that he's going to be a flake and he's going to be terrible. So he's, she's like, I just decided to do it without you because I'd rather do it alone than, uh, than try to deal with you. And like, she's just assuming the worst. And she's letting her family assume the worst. So, so then they're at the, the birthday, birthday party, party happens. The Bravermans come. It's very clear that Jasmine's family is not a fan of Crosby and the Bravermans don't understand why because they know Crosby's side of the story. Oh, Zeke thought they were being racist. Right. Well, there's two funny moments that happen before um, before the big moment is that when when uh, Seku, Jasmine's brother, starts being like, this is weird, I can't do this. Seku. <laughs> um, Julia is like, are there any more of those little corn muffins? Like, she's trying to be polite and, like, bring it back to the party. And then uh, Zeke goes, you know, I don't know. I don't understand. Uh, I don't see this narrative the way that you're seeing it. I don't understand why you're treating Crosby this way. So my only, I can only assume that it's because he's white. And then Sarah goes, oh, we think he has Tourette's. Like, everyone's trying to, like, downplay the situation. And then finally, you want me to... Keep no, no, she talking. was saying uh, 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 Zeke has Tourette's. Right, yeah, okay. no, I, that's what I was saying. Yeah, like just trying to downplay the situation. <laughs> but finally, Jasmine, the queen of the castle, because it's her apartment and everything, her son, and she finally, this is the big moment, she finally Well, it, it was Seku calling him out. Right. And, and, and Jasmine's like, okay, you know what? She was like, again, this is a scenario where she was forced to finally do something. Yeah, which she did it to her credit, but she was no, no, kind no, of well, forced. Of course, you have to do it at that point. To me, that's or else it's just going to end in fisty. It still yeah. shows poor character. Like you waited till like the very last second until it blew up at a birthday mm-hmm. party for your kid, and luckily, in order to tell the truth. Luckily, the kids were in another room and did not have to see this gross display of ignorance between adults just being terrible to each other. Because that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, damn, this is Jabbar's birthday, and this is going down. But luckily, they were in another room. And Crosby handled it very well because he didn't say, like, oh, yeah. He like didn't, uh, He wasn't Jasmine didn't, Jasmine didn't even tell him. He, didn't, he let her do it. He tried to, yeah. That he, shows character. 
he you're right he he even was like i'm just really grateful to be here now like he didn't even try to defend himself yep. which was the best choice to make but the big moment is that jasmine does come clean to her family about crosby and saying like listen um be mad at me don't be mad at him because i never told him about jabbar and then her mom gets does get very mad at jasmine and um and and seku is kind of just like what What's going on? And then Jabbar runs in and is like, is it time for cake? And diffuses the situation. And he eats three pieces of cake and Crosby goes, goes sugar is it time for cake? Is it ever? Like, they're all really glad that he just came in and saved the day. But, yeah, that, yeah, that was the big moment. for moment. Crosby and Jasmine and Jabbar. And then... We meet Renee also. Right. Jasmine's right. mom, which mm-hmm. we don't like. We don't... Yeah, she's a character. But then what ends, um, you know, Crosby sticks around. Jasmine's clean up after the party. They're talking about their son and then Jasmine invites him into the living room to watch the birth the videotaping of the birth which I, I thought was very touching mm-hmm. it was very it was very good because that's exactly what Crosby was complaining about earlier it was like you robbed me of all of these moments that <coughs> I'm never, never going to get to have and them. one thing I didn't see in that video I did not see Seku there well, yeah, because it was... Like uh-huh, he was talking shit. He wasn't even there. He was there. He, he was showed probably, up late. He's probably the one videotaping it. Oh, Doug. that's true. <laughs> All right. Um, it, we're at 45 minutes now. So what do you... Um, let's say... I already talked... Like, my... my fa- I think my favorite moment was when Julia said, Are there any more of those little corn muffins? Like, that was just my favorite funny moment. Also, what we already talked about with Amber and Sarah, I thought that was good. Um, just some good growth for both of them. Um, what, what's your favorite moment of the show? Oh, I just like the. Uh, I like when uh, Zeke was in the car or in the van with Damien and basically just threatening him. Yeah. He gives him twenty dollars and says, uh, "You know, fill up your tank and get out of here." And it's like, yeah, twenty dollars ain't gonna get you that far. No, but you might get him back to Fresno. We don't know how far away Fresno is, but Fresno's close to the Sequoia National Park. Oh, okay. Well. Um, okay, well. Okay, well. Uh, yeah, another thing I liked was the, the banter between Zeke and Adam in the car on their way to the investment property. The way that it was shot, like different like little cuts of like, well, I heard you were having trouble making Christina orgasm. We're Braverman men and all just random stuff. Where did he hear that? I know, right? I'm like, who told Zeke that? That's crazy. That just shows that the Bravermans don't have boundaries. Um, but that's a whole other thing. But I thought that, that was... That she was, wasn't having trouble orgasming, was she? That was the whole, the big O, that episode a couple, oh, remember she was faking her orgasms because she was stressed oh, yeah. out about, but again, that wasn't Adam's fault, it was, she was stressed out about what was going on with Max and everything. Um, she had a lot in her mind, she couldn't let it go. That's a whole, we already talked about that. Well, so, um, yeah, any, any closing thoughts? What's one takeaway you gained from this episode as a parent or just to improve your life? Um, I think just about honesty, like we were talking about before. We you didn't know to be honest. We see. <laughs> I know to be honest. I just it's very it's very important to live radically honestly because we see that at the end. Um, you can tell in Millie's face that she knows something's going on with Zeke. She might know about the investment property or something. I don't think so. I never but read there's that something on her face. In her, I saw something in her face where she knew. To that, me, it's just that scene that looked like she she's regretting a lot of her life with Zeke. Oh. And she, it feels like she's got all these examples of like how, moments where she was how he was having a good time, but she wasn't, and she just has these all bottled up, and she's gonna release them one by one. 
That's well, how I saw it. Well, it's good to release those things and not have resentment about them. But no, I, I read it as like she knows that there's something going on and that he's keeping something from her. So we see the flip side of honesty there and then the other side of honesty where, you know, Amber is open and not a defiant way, just open like, I'm going to go this. meet up with Damien. I'm in the middle of a sentence. Yeah, but so don't mine's get... more important. Okay, but you asked me a <laughs> question and I'm answering it. So I think that, um, yeah, my takeaway is just to radically inspect your life for where you might you because you might be thinking oh i know i never tell any lies i'm being honest but sometimes it's important to like be honest with yourself too just internally honest and just make sure everything is lining up just honesty is the best policy That's but let me ask you this is it okay to be dishonest if your intention is good so zeke is protecting millie that's what i'm assuming Right. Is that okay in that situation? Is it? Such I think a bad it's going to backfire. I think it. I think he has good intentions, and that it remains to be seen. Um, I think. Yeah, but but if I, I think he's doing it because he thinks he can handle the situation right. before it gets to the point where they have to give but up it the house. Concerns Millie. It's I know, her but but, house, but it's he. Her I think he's looking at it as if if um, if he can just take care of it, he's going to do so. If he tells her about it. Then she's gonna freak out mm-hmm. and you know maybe tarnish the relationship they have because you know now they might lose their their house and they're retired. There's and... no yes or no answer to your question. It's just yeah, it is. Do you think it's okay to be dishonest if if your intention is good, a hundred percent good intention? Because it. it's totally it depends on the context. I just gave you an example. And I don't. Right, that's one example out of a million. And do you think it's okay? I'm not going to say it's okay because then it might not be okay in another situation. I'm saying in this situation. In this situation, I don't think it's okay. I think Millie deserves to know what's going on because it's a big, it's a really bad situation. He has two mortgages out in the house, and this investment property is a wash. I think she's a grown ass woman who has spent all of her life with him and helping him and raise his kids, and I think she deserves to know everything that's going on. But that's how I see it. I mean, I understand how you see it, and I think that. Well, I think that Zeke is still well intentioned in not talking about it. But I still think, me speaking as a woman, I think that she deserves to know. Well, in that case, is there something you need to tell me? We have a second mortgage in our house. (laughs) Thank you for telling me. We're gonna lose it. All right, I appreciate your honesty. This. Was, oh, ho- first of all, before we say that, you can email the pod at becomingbraverman at gmail dot com. Yeah, not all at once though. We've been inundated with so many I'm emails. I'm sorry, the people who we haven't gotten back to especially around the yet. holidays, we haven't been able to get to everybody. We really, we should do that later on today. We should really get. I wonder if people are listening to, to this and they think zero. we're we're being like truthful about what we just said and then truthful about we make so much money from this podcast that we don't have we do, to though. we quit our jobs we do make so much money so I, I think let's we'll just be, be up front because this is about I think honesty we'll be able to use that money to pay off the second mortgage I think we'll be able to keep our house honey It'll, I'll, I'll be okay in a perfect See, world I'm glad you true. told me because I let's probably... be truthful with our own, uh, audience however many of you there are which might be 20 might no definitely not 20 under 20 I think so no way anyways for those of you that aren't friends or family that listen to this, we make zero money from this. We get zero emails about this show. <laughs> but if you want to email us, just go ahead. And find us on Instagram, which um, is Becoming Braverman. We have 40 Braverman. followers on Instagram. 
and we post pictures of the show and sometimes we post quotes of the show when we're not busy being married or on holiday, honeymoon, or being sick. We forgot a quote this past two weeks, I guess. Okay, this is just us talking about our failings. This was Becoming Becoming Braverman. Braverman.